Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Man, this has been the most explosive week in NFL offseason history thus far, as far as my opinion is concerned. We have had a lot of changes that we definitely have to discuss, and I have just the crew to go about doing it. Got my main man with me, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? And my guy, Young Vander. How that the people, Young Vander? Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? All right, so it's Monday morning, around about 10 a.m. is when we normally record the show. And most of America by now, if you haven't actually seen the Oscars and what transpired between Will Smith and Chris Rock, you've definitely seen the memes of Jada Pinkett, or you've seen the, the video clips on IG, on Facebook, wherever you may frequent your social media sites, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. Man, look, I've seen enough good acting from both of those guys. A lot of people are saying you know, it was staged, you know, it was a front, whatever. I've seen enough good acting by both of those guys to know that that wasn't acting. Will, Will Smith convincingly played Muhammad Ali. You don't slap somebody and lean back at the same time unless you're worried about whether or not they're going to hit you back. And you don't worry about whether they're hitting you back if it's a part of the script. I don't I don't think that that was fake. I think that there may be a little bit more going on with Jada, with Jada Pinkett Smith than we in the general public know about. And that seemed like a i'ma defend my wife while she's while she's here to be defended it, it almost felt like a you, you don't know our struggle and you don't know what she's going through so how dare you type of a scenario but it, it was i i think that was legit i i don't think it was a, a fake scenario that or a plot or whatever that they put in there to kind of get a few more eyeballs watching the oscars i know the oscars ratings have been down a little bit but that looked pretty pretty real to me uh, did y'all did y'all get a chance to see it? I didn't see it live. Um, I just seen it like how everyone else did as far as the uh, clips floating around social media. It definitely wasn't fake. You know, I, I did think it was a real thing that happened because it was all script. You could tell. But as far as the action, I thought it was like immature. You know what I'm saying? Um, for him to for him to do that. You know, I had had a couple conversations with folks who thought it was all right, but I wasn't really feeling it. I mean, this is a paid comedian there to do a job right you pretty much you know got in the way of that it's no different than going to the comedy house sitting in the front and having a comedian saying something like you put yourself at, at that mercy true i mean you gotta have something i mean you hear i've heard worse jokes it wasn't even that crazy yeah, of a joke it was, yeah, you know what i'm really saying was, so really i really and you think. know the funniest part about it to me is I, I honestly believe that this was one of those because of who it was it's a lot easier for me to be bold I could think of several comedians or several different people in general that Will Smith would have just set his ass in that seat and let and let the joke go over. Oh, um, but, but when it's Pookie up there, you know, <laughs> you could be a little bit more bold. You know, you could, I mean, I'm pretty sure Will Smith can, can can you know in his mind's eye at least hang with Chris Rock. It could have been a few other people up there though that I really don't think he would have had that same reaction. To. And that was my thing. Uh, 
that was big. I was actually still shocked. But I feel like it was one of those situations because I was, you know, in addition to being on Twitter, I got Instagram. And somebody was making it like it's a cultural thing, defending your wife honor, this, that, and the third. And it's one of those things where I, I have all respect for women. I don't know much about hair. I know it's a big thing. And it might be a big thing for her, but let's not confuse her illness with something that's like life-threatening, like she's about to die. Right. I, the joke was with them. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, Chris Rock also has been saying like things for years. Like, they have, they've been on edge for years. I think it was like a breaking point where Will Smith, you know, ever since that entanglement show. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, they've been putting out too much of their relationship. And I think their relationship was at a core where it's like, yo, you don't come to my defense type of thing. And look, here it is. And then it's like, damn, Will was like, right, I got to do something because it's exactly what she be talking about. Look, when, when, <laughs> as soon as it happened, I said, you know what? Y'all are not ready for this adult conversation. But um, Will Smith was laughing at the joke at first. And hey, then so when he looked you. over and saw Jada pissed off, he was like, oh, hell, what would Tupac do? Um, that, 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 <laughs> No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can see it in his eyes. How, how you go from, from, from laughing out loud to almost crying and, and trying to look pissed up? And I'm telling you, that, that was one of those, it's my night. They ain't about to kick me up out of here because I know I won the award. That's the only reason Will Smith wasn't happily escorted up out that building but when the whole guys, incident went down. Crazy Zay, and I, of course, it wasn't a part of the footage, but it was another skit where a black actress made fun of like the open relationship. I guess there's like a whole bunch of single dudes on the stage. And the lady was like, well, Will, you can come up here. I know Jada cool with it. But it, where's the where's yeah. that's, <laughs> that's fun and jokes when the when the lady poking fun at y'all relationship like that. But then like like you said, but that's, but that's why I, say I think it's a sore spot though because like well I know I know Jada has alopecia um, yeah, right, which right. can cause hair loss and things of that nature. But it just it just felt like like that was from a place of pain. Like it wasn't you talk trash about my wife. It was she over here about to cry and I can't not say or do anything. So let me get up and this make an ass of myself I've, I've, I've had too much sex i vomit and all this dude you be throwing your wife under the bus i understand like yeah. you know, i understand like you know defending honor thing but i just feel like you're a recipient you know of an oscar many not many black people get a damn oscar to begin right with. and then you also wanted for a role depicted by black women if we talking about because he had a speech a spill about protecting black women mm -hmm. you have the oscars bro if you felt that way i would have came up there Said what I had to say about alopecia, and then it's like, yo, when you coming off the stage, if I wanted to fade, then that, you know what I mean? Like, do it like that, and so that way somebody else can, you know, make a speech about because it really disdains that movie. I never it seen it. everybody swear by Jesus. It, it was actually a really good movie. And now you talking about protecting this and protecting that, and but now instead of talking about his accomplishments, we are talking about the incident. So right, that's, that's unfortunate know. in and of itself. So yeah, it's going to be about as much action going on in fantasy. Is what happened with the Oscars last night. We got quite a bit of news that kind of went down between last week and this week. Some of it actually went down during the recording of the show and just after the show on last Monday. But we, we're definitely going to make sure that everyone is caught up with exactly what's going on. So let's hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, all right, all right. So first up, we have Jamison Crowder is now a Buffalo Bill. I think this is a very underrated move. Crowder has been quietly the number one receiver for the Jets the last three years going, even with his injuries and things of that nature. I believe that Jamison Crowder is a more athletic, better catcher of the ball than Cole Beasley. 
So for him to be put into that position and knowing the amount of fantasy points that Cole Beasley was able to amass over his few years there in Buffalo, I really think that Jamison Crowder could end up being one of those guys that you can get kind of at the tail end of things. And he ends up putting up numbers that are a weekly flex. And then on some occasions, maybe a wide receiver two or three. Um, But Jamison Crowder is definitely one to keep your eye out for as far as fantasy wide receivers that you can kind of get at a value. Leonard Fournette inked a three-year deal with Tampa. He kind of used my squad to get his weight up, if you will. He he took that visit to New England, and then the next thing you know, hey, you see what they're going to pay me? What y'all going to do? And he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer for the next three years as soon after that happened. Lenny is back in the zone. In the same breath, Ronald Jones is now a Kansas City Chief. So Kansas City now has another running back. They have CEH. They have Jared McKinnon and they have Ronald Jones. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Continuing along the lines of the departures of the Kansas City Chiefs, we have Demarcus Robinson, who is now a Raider. So the Raiders, they're doing their thing. They got Adams. Now they have Robinson. They're they're kind of putting together a wide receiving core that's not going to be the easiest to deal with. Robinson isn't a household name at this point, but I think what he does well, he will translate. Adams, I mean, he's he's he is who he is. I don't think it matters matters who his quarterback is. And it helps that he actually has a good one. You have Christian McCaffrey, who restructured his deal with Carolina to hopefully remain a Carolina Panther. We'll see how that goes. But the restructuring definitely does make his contract a little bit more palatable, if you will, for any other team that may be willing to come and kind of go after him. There were a couple of moves that were made that I thought would have been a perfect place for him. Uh, Kansas City's already picked up uh, an additional running back. Buffalo picked up Duke Johnson. Um, Now, granted, the the, the guys that have been picked up aren't on his level, but they are filling roster spots that may no longer be uh, on teams that may no longer be open to adding an additional running back, at least not one of note. Um, They may be willing to add a couple of rookies or something like that, but the, the market for Christian McCaffrey may just be one or two teams at this point. We'll kind of see how that goes. You got Teron Armstead, who is now a Miami Dolphin, along with Tariq Hill. Miami's been doing some big game hunting over the past week, and they did themselves a serious service to get one of the premier linemen as well as one of the premier wide receivers in the game right now. I still don't believe it's going to do but so much for Tua Tungvaloa. I, I believe his skill set is going to kind of keep him below par, even though he has an above par wide receiving core now. He has the fastest wide receiving core in the NFL. The only problem is he really can't throw the ball, but so deep. Um, he actually threw the ball further than 20 yards, less than 8% of his passes, of his pass attempts on last season. So, I can kind of see this being along the same lines as Baker Mayfield and OBJ. You're going to start to question the talent or skill set of the wide receiver when all along it's the quarterback that can't get the ball out to him. And as soon as the quarterback situation changes, they'll go back to being the wide receiver that they were used to being. But this definitely brings down Tariq Hill's uh, draft status. Um, if it's up to me, I'm, I'm, he's no longer in consideration in the first or second round for me because I have a, a, a sneaky suspicion that his consistency is going to take a big hit. You're going to have some games where he 
gets to say, I told you so. And then there's going to be two or three games in between where he's just iffy, nothing spectacular, nothing to write home about. So that's kind of where I see that going. Robert Woods ended up going to the Tennessee Titans. Huge pickup for Tennessee. They actually have a legit number two. Not to say that Julio Jones wasn't an, um, a legit number two, but he was unhealthy going into the situation and remained that way once in the situation. So we'll kind of see what happens with Julio. Right now, the scuttlebutt going around is that Julio may end up being a coat with his prior teammate, um, who is now the quarterback for the coats, uh, Mr. Matt Ryan. So we will stay abreast of that. If that does happen, it'll probably be going down at some point in time in the next couple of weeks prior to the draft. There are going to be several more moves that are going to be going down prior to the draft. So that way teams are kind of on the same page with what is actually needed in the draft. We'll be able to kind of fit in those blinks as well as we get a little bit closer to the draft, which is now only about a month away. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is now a chief as well. So they tried to add a little bit more of that speed back on the field that they lost when Hill departed. We'll see a little bit of MVS. You have Trevor Simeon, who joined the Bears quarterback room. He's definitely the backup. Uh, he may even be the backup to the backup. Um, the, that move was made because they're trying to trade Nick Foles right now. And if there's no bites, you know, they'll end up going probably with the three quarterbacks. With Nick Foles actually being the backup, uh, Fields being the main guy. We have McCole Hartman, who is now kind of in a tricky situation because we don't know exactly where he lands on the depth chart. All we know for sure is that Travis Kelsey will be the most targeted pass catcher on that team. All the other receivers are kind of in flux right now. Hartman at least does have rapport with Mahomes, so we'll kind of see if that works out well for him. But you also got Juju Smith-Schuster that went to Kansas City who could easily become the starting slot receiver. He's not really an outside guy, but you know we'll, we'll kind of see how that works as well. It looks like they're trying to make Kansas City one of those places where other than Travis Kelsey, you don't really know who it is they're about to attempt to get the ball to. We'll kind of see how that works out. Right now, it looks like Sam Darnold is going to be the head guy for the quarterback job with the Panthers. They tried to do a couple of things as far as the way a quarterback is concerned. They tried to go after Deshaun Watson. There was some indication that they might have gone after Matt Ryan had he not gone to the coach's Right now, they're saying they may end up going after Baker Mayfield, which, I mean, honestly, why not give Sam Donald some competition in the offseason and let the cream rise to the top, see what happens there. Baker Mayfield's career is now in flux. Uh, he may end up being the next Johnny Manziel. It's looking like not too many teams are interested in his services. The Pittsburgh Steelers did indicate that if he was cut, that they would jump on it. So... It's, I guess, the late round compensation is too much to ask. I mean, you could probably get the guy for a fourth or fifth round pick at this point. So I really don't feel like many teams see him in their plans, even though he could be serviceable. We'll kind of see how that goes probably over the next couple of weeks as well. And it may, uh, he may be one of those guys that we have to wait until after the draft to see where those other quarterbacks fall to really get a feel for where he may end up. He'll probably end up being a backup somewhere for whoever couldn't get one of the rookie quarterbacks that they had in mind. Wrapping up the news here, we also have James Robinson. Looks like he's going to be out until training camp. And you also have Travis Etienne of the Jaguars, who should be ready for OTAs. So just depending on how this thing shakes out, it may put Travis Etienne 
in a position with the new coaches to kind of be the first man up just based on the fact that he'll be the first man able to show up to practice. So we'll kind of see how that ends up going. But both starting running backs are the 1A and 1B running back for the Jaguars are both still hurt. ETN with the foot injury, James Robinson with the Achilles injury. But it looks like James, um, James Robinson will end up getting back a little bit further down the line than that of Travis ETN Jr. And lastly, definitely not least, we have one Mr. Tom Edward Brady, who is now apparently, uh, based on some of the rumors out there, and there's been too much smoke for there not to be something to this, it seems as if he's trying to get to the Miami Dolphins now. Now, this to a certain extent makes a little bit of sense. If you remember, just a about a month or so ago, it was said that Brady was actually going to end up being the president of operations, part owner of Miami. And then the whole Brian Flores thing happened. So he didn't want to be in the middle of that. And he didn't want his first job as the president of football operations to have to deal with this lawsuit and have to deal with these allegations. So it kind of makes sense for him to ingratiate himself with the team and with the fans by being a player and not having to deal with any of the front office stuff at this moment in time and then making a little bit of a smoother transition, if you will, into the front office from the player role. But there's way too much talk going around right now for there not to be anything to it. Um, whether or not it happens this year or not, that's neither here nor there, but I believe he's trying to get there. And Miami has, I know they gave up several picks for Hill, but they have a whole lot of picks um, based on some of the moves that they've made over the last couple of years. So we'll kind of have to see what Miami does. Um, but right now, Tom Brady's back with the Bucks, and we'll kind of see where that goes. The Bucks could easily pick up a Baker Mayfield or someone of that ilk to kind of fill in the, the, the spot if they do go ahead and push Brady on up the road. If I'm Tampa Bay, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like if I can get a first-round pick for a 44-year-old quarterback, who's not going to be on our roster next year anyway because he only has one year left on his contract. Yeah, that pretty much seems like a no-brainer to me. You already got your Super Bowl that he promised you. So what more do you want from Brady? If he wants to move on to Miami, why not let him? And that about wraps up our news. Let's go ahead and get into the main topic of the show today, which is free agency winners and losers. <laughs> All right, guys, so a lot of movements been going on, a whole lot of movement. So we now have to kind of figure out what worked, what we think has hurt certain teams, what we think may have hurt certain players, and where we think this thing is going to end up shaking out. As far as I'm concerned, I'll start with the move that I think was the biggest move, if you will. And this really wasn't free agency, but a trade, but. Watson going to Cleveland is definitely the biggest offseason move that will have the largest far-reaching effect, um, not only on the team, but on the individual fantasy players that are a part of the team. So as far as I'm concerned, the biggest fantasy winner this offseason thus far 
has been the Cleveland Browns. Um, not only do I think that Watson is going to be one of the guys that is able to kind of take them to the next level, but he's also going to be one of those guys that free agents will want to have as their QB. Um, Cleveland right now is already talking with Will Fuller, which I kind of figured wherever Watson went, Fuller would be closely behind. But Will Fuller is on the precipice of being a Cleveland Brown on the side of Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper would be the number one. Will Fuller would be the number two. And the number three guy would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's a pretty decent wide receiver core. Not to mention the fact that with a running quarterback, those running lanes for the running backs should open up a little bit more. So I really feel like Cleveland kind of knocked this thing out of the park. And really all they gave up of substance was a the 13th overall pick for this year. The pick, the other picks that they gave up going into next year and the year after will be based on their record with Watson as their QB. So I believe those picks are going to end up being, you know, back end of the first versus the front end of the first, which three first round picks seems like a lot when you're thinking about where Cleveland normally ends up. But when you're looking at where they should end up with Watson being the QB, you're essentially you essentially gave up one first round pick and two close to second. And then some, you know, I think it was a fourth in there and a fifth in there, something like that. Nothing to write home about. But yeah, I really believe that Cleveland is going to be the team with the most improvement because the one piece that they needed to kind of get out of their way, they really took a huge leap on. So, no, nah, definitely Cleveland, though, is definitely the winning free agency. You're able to acquire a franchise quarterback. I mean, that's number one. When the last time Cleveland actually had one of those? I can't remember one. Right. Not, not um, in my football watching lifetime. Correct. And usually for a city like Cleveland, these type of players usually usually have to be drafted. Yep, true. No one wants to go live in Cleveland. I mean, let's just face it. So he was able to acquire a top five quarterback, arguably, who's probably going to be there till he retire. I'm pretty sure they're not going to let him go. You know what I'm saying? Not nah, you him. can't. So um, they, they definitely the winners. I know a lot of people talk about Will Fuller and maybe him following Deshaun. And like you said before, this also is a move that made other free agents that actually want to go play now in Cleveland, I guess, because Deshaun is there. But a name to look out for, I think Anthony Schwartz can be the Will Fuller for mm. Cleveland. I mean, you got a guy okay. who runs a 4-2 okay. going into his second year. I mean, he's a straight line runner, speed guy, who game is pretty much just like Will Fuller's, but he's faster. And he don't get uh, hurt all the time. Right. <laughs> so I definitely wait to see what that looks like. You never know how Deshaun's going to play with these new toys that he now come. He has at his disposal. Also, of course, the run game is already official and it's about to be even more official. Um, yeah. you know, Chubb is already probably averaging like five yards a tote already. So it, it'd probably just go up from there. I definitely see a, a bright future in Cleveland, but they definitely, definitely are the winners of this free agency, in my opinion. The team that I think is in a close second, same position as what they upgraded, the Broncos. They already had the, the talent, almost the same situation as Cleveland. They had everything else but the quarterback. So they had to go out seemingly overspin i think what the broncos spent is actually a little bit more than what watson ended up costing cleveland because when you look at where seattle is going to be i believe that the compensation that the broncos gave up for wilson will end up amounting to a slightly more than what cleveland had to pay but it's what they had to do you can't have 
everything but the quarterback and not go get your quarterback until all the pieces around you are no longer up to par. And now you go ahead and get the quarterback and the quarterback is struggling because he has no pieces. They are two teams, Cleveland and Denver, that are two peas in the same pod. They had everything they needed but the quarterback and they did what they needed to do to go get them. And I believe that as far as the fantasy pieces are concerned, you'll see the most transition or the most increase from the Denver crowd more so than the guys in Cleveland, just because several of those guys were already fantasy worthy. And I don't see some of them getting much better. I can I can see them continuing the same numbers. I don't think Chubb gets a whole lot better. I don't think Cooper's numbers as a fantasy option gets a whole lot better, but I can see them being sustained and being a little bit more, a little bit more consistent, if you will. I agree, I agree totally with everything you said just now. The Broncos' weapons would definitely be the steals of most drafts. Yeah. Like you say, the Chubb, the Mari Coopers, those guys are going to go at their perspective spots. You know what I'm saying? But the hidden gems will be the the Suttons, the Patrick, the Judy, the AO, you know, the tight end. Right. Yeah. Uh, guys like that will be the steals of the draft just because of the new uh, signal caller they have in uh, Denver. The Las Vegas Raiders made some pretty significant moves. The one most important for fantasy is acquiring Devonta Adams, who I believe will now make Derek Carr. And, and I'm, I know it's kind of early. But I'm putting it out there now. Derek Carr, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, will be the steal of the draft based on where you can draft him and based on the fact that he's already had two 5,000 yard seasons without a number one wide receiver. Now he has Waller, Winfro, and Adams. I mean, what more do you want? And he has a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like, I really don't know what more you can give him other than the fact that they also upgraded the defense. So the offense should actually have the ball in their hands quite a bit more. They have an offensive system which is geared towards putting up points. I can really see what we saw with the Patriots in their heyday of offense. Um, when we remember when the Patriots was not just a defensive team, but was a hell of an offensive team, new coach is the one that put that scheme together. And you got to understand the Patriots never had a Devontae Adams. In all likelihood, I can see not only Devontae doing what he does, but Hunter Renfro, Waller, all of these guys. Like, how many more goal line opportunities will Jacobs have with this crew versus what he was doing before? Like, I can see this tide raising all ships as far as Los Angeles is concerned. You used to have to double team Waller. You can't double team him anymore. And you got to double team Adams, which means Renfro is going to be running completely free and believe it or not he was a number one receiver last year in ppr he ended up being wide receiver 12 this was without waller or Adams. so we know there's a certain level of comfortability there between he and his quarterback and now with the fact that he's going to have possibly number three number four corners or or linebackers on him based on the other people on the field i don't see the raiders slowing down for anyone and, and now you have two studs on your defensive line that can go after the quarterback they really put together something here. It's it's going to be a hell of a off season and it's going to be a hell of a season coming up because some of these moves that made teams stronger, it literally was precisely what they needed in the division that they play in. Then on the other hand, you have teams like, you know, Kansas City that just lost Tariq Hill. They may end up taking a step back at running back. CEH isn't what we thought he was going to be. Whether or not Ronald Jones will end up, you know, being able to come back to the forefront, we don't know. It, I kind of felt like in Tampa Bay, he kind of caught the short end of the stick because the coach didn't have that much faith in him, if you will. He had the same amount of fumbles that Leonard Fournette had when Leonard for when he was benched for Leonard Fournette. 
I think that was kind of one of those coaches things. Maybe maybe this will give him what he needs to be back in position to kind of take over a role. He can do what Daryl Williams did and he can do what CEH has done. Maybe maybe he's the the guy that's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of the group, if you will. McKinnon stays hurt, so you know you got to have a couple of people behind McKinnon and Ceh have their fair share of energy, injuries. And I don't know. I'm thinking about it. They they may end up even going with four running backs in that room. Kansas City has taken a step back, in my opinion. They got rid of one of the best wide receivers in the game, and then they picked up guys who are just kind of guys. Whether or not that'll make it a little easier for Patrick Mahomes. Being that now it's whoever's open versus trying to pigeonhole the ball to heel and the defense doesn't know where the ball is going or when it's coming out, but you do have a lot of speed out there. Maybe that's the thought process, but Kansas City, in my opinion, is taking a step back when they were only a step ahead of several of the other teams that were kind of nipping at their heels. Definitely the Raiders. Um, I think Jacob's going to push 20 touchdowns this year. I can see it. Total. You know, I, mean, I could definitely see him maybe receiving three or four and definitely rushing for 15 plus. I mean, because like you said before, that defense, he's going to be put in position to score those, you know, right at the, the line type of deals. It's going to be pretty easy um, to fall in the, in the zone. They also in the running for Stefan Gilmore and uh, Tyron Matthew. Oh. So the possi- yeah, so the possibilities of that defense getting stronger, who, who knows with that. David Carr should be maybe, he's going to push maybe a top five quarterback this year. Definitely going to be some value where you can draft him at. Absolutely. Uh, with McDaniels, you know, calling the, sh- the calling the game. So definitely going to be on the radar. I'm, I'm just curious to see how far he goes up the boards now that Adams has been added to that. But real quick question. So where do you see Adams now that he's making the move from Rodgers to Carr? Where does he fall in your fantasy rankings for his wide receivers? He falls down a little bit, not because of the quarterback, but because he's actually in an offense now that has multiple weapons. In Green Bay, it was either him or a backup to the backup to the backup type of a guy. Alan Lazard was his number two for a good bit of time. Now that you have a Waller and a Renfro and even Robinson, it's better than the people that he's had as his number twos before. So I think that his numbers will end up regressing, but not because of fit or not because of talent, but simply because there's a whole lot of other people to get the ball to. And normally when you have that many selections to get the ball to, you don't just lock on to one guy, especially in John. Josh McDaniel's offense that is predicated to go through the tight end and the slot receiver. Adams is going to get his because he's Adams. But that offense is predicated upon the, that number one receiver kind of opening up things underneath and the slot receiver and tight end being the beneficiary of it. That's kind of how I'm looking at that right now. I think with Devontae, I honestly see similar output. You know, other than his 2021 season, he's really like stayed in within that, you know, 1,000 yards to 1,300 1, yard range. He's always had double-digit touchdowns. I don't see that the, the double-digit touchdown part changing. Like, just like to your point, I think when you get somebody like that, we know he's a volume receiver, so he's still going to be an asset in PBR. One thing that they did horrible at is, in the, well, they filled in the middle of the pack kind of sort of is in the red zone as far as scoring touchdowns. This is a sure touchdown with uh, Devontae, no matter if he's double cover. Kenyon double cover because for all your reasons and purposes, you got like all the weapons we already named. You can't even double him within the five-yard lines. He's just nah, that you can't. He, because between Waller and Jacobs, they're going to crush you if you double-team Adams. You can't. 
So I, I still see the PPR like part of it. I still think he's going. He's still going to be a valuable receiver, and he's still going to have double digits. Uh, touchdowns next year. Oh, he'll definitely be a wide receiver one. Oh yeah, I, I think he might still finish it, but though in like the top five though. Cause we gotta think like when he and uh, Derek Carr was in Fresno State, that was it. That, the, the same yeah. report he got with Aaron Rodgers. That's what they've been had, and they only missed since he's been that they've been in the NFL level. They haven't only spent two off season together. That's because I think they were uh, going from Oakland to Vegas, so they mm-hmm. they spent the off seasons training with each other and they're best yeah. friends. So yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the rapport is never going anywhere because they they know each other like the back of their hands. They're li- they're legit best friends. Carto Adams, if you come be a Raider, I'll get you a car. And um, Adams has been Ferrari shopping lately. So um, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where you know if you get an opportunity to not only that, but remember that he's from the the West Coast as well. So when you get an opportunity to kind of play around your friends and family, and you already have the money necessary, you don't know what Aaron Rodgers is about to do. Why not do what's best for you? That's kind of how I'm looking at that one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the winners in free agency, in my opinion, because they got Tom Brady back. Not only did they get Tom Brady back, but they were able to sign Godwin to a team-friendly deal for, I believe it was uh, three years. The fact that they were able to get several of their guys back before Brady decided to come back, and they were able to strong-arm Brady into not going to a different team, at least until next year, I think that that puts them in the perfect position to be able to dominate that division yet again right now they're the only team in the division that has a sustained quarterback unless we're gonna put winston in that group but i really believe that tampa bay can easily take that division and be off and running in the playoffs yet again let's get to the losers granted we have the draft coming up we have several more players that are going to go here or there within free agency but as of right now there are several teams that stand out to me as free agency losers the first team up for me this might kind of hurt somebody's feelings a little bit but just just hear me out (laughs) actually i'm about to hurt both of y'all feelings (laughs) so first up san francisco 49ers i believe that san francisco is just kind of standing pat they really didn't do much to bolster their defense bolster their offense they lost raheem mostar who's often hurt you know so no no biggie there but he was the perfect running back as vanders put it several times for that particular system they also lost one of their best coordinators who's now the head coach in miami as far as wide receivers are concerned i kind of felt as if they could use another veteran out there i mean it didn't seem as if brandon Ayuk was in the best of positions with the coaching staff it looks like he was kind of in the doghouse a little bit i mean debo is a surefire stud but he also gets hurt quite a bit so to not have another wide receiver that can kind of step in immediately if that were to be the case or if Ayuk is to be in the doghouse again I think that's a mistake on part of the 49ers as far as quarterback is concerned it looks like right now they aren't going to be able to get what they thought they were going to be able to get for Jimmy Garoppolo so I'm not exactly sure how this situation is going to work out whether or not Jimmy G is going to end up remaining a 49er for the time being because they needed that bridge to Trey Lynch or is Jimmy G now going to be a backup to Trey Lance and you know the most popular guy in the building 
is always the backup QB. So this is going to be kind of an interesting path that the 49ers have to take going forward to kind of make sure that everything is on point. And also looking at the fact that several of the teams that they will end up having to face have gotten a little better and they just kind of ended up staying where they were. Vendor, what you got on your boys? Oh, they're fine. You got to understand that the way this team is constructed and the way they play football. Really don't have to make a lot of moves. The only way they have to make a lot of splashes. I mean, this team's going to play defense, run the ball, control the clock, and don't turn the ball over. It's just a recipe to win. You see how far they made it this past year and two years True. ago when they made it to the Super Bowl. That wasn't a Super Bowl team. No one had that team picked to make it to the Super Bowl when he played the Chiefs. And the same for this year. No one had us picked to make it as far as he did because it's the way the team is constructed, the way they play football. They are in the running for some secondary help, which they do need to address. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is a name that came up. We did add the corner from the Chiefs. Shacharik Ward, I think his name is. Ward, okay, I got you. I, I, didn't, I didn't even see that move, honestly. Yeah, so the 49ers did add him. So that was a really good move. And if we can get a Tyron Matthew, that would even be an even better move. And we are looking at getting back this defensive end that uh, from Seattle that we had. I think he had like eight and a half sacks with us. Free agent? Before. Or no, he, he, he well, he's a free agent now because he got cut okay. by Seattle. Gotcha. He had eight and a half. It's a lineman. He had eight and a half sacks with us. He went to them. I think he only had one and a half and they cut him. So now we're looking at bringing him back. Uh, he's a 3-4 in. But the way this team's constructed, I'm not really worried. You say the teams we play gotten better. Who? The Rams? That's it. The Cardinals didn't get better. Seattle didn't get better. So there's really nobody else to really be concerned about but the Rams. And usually we have their number, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to playing them. So I think the NFC is the three-man race regardless. Okay. That's uh, the Bucks, Rams, and spot? us. Bucks? Bucks, Rams, and us. Well, let me ask you this. How far from the pack do you think Green Bay falls? Like they, they haven't addressed it, and they're they're the next team up. They haven't addressed. They, they obviously lost Adams. They haven't addressed their wide receiver spots like at all. I don't believe. I, I don't see any any. I, I think a team like I think they kind of fall a, a good bit. I think a team like Minnesota could possibly be you know be there with them now a little closer. Actually, Minnesota may be a little or maybe bit above even better. Them. Yeah, or maybe even a little bit better than them now. But I just think it's a three man race. I think the AFC now is just a whole other. That's just oh, like man. a gauntlet. That's the Royal Damn. Rumble. You just don't know who's going to win. Um, but I think in the NFC, it's just the Bucks, Rams, and 49ers. I mean, even with the moves that was made so far, I mean, our team is pretty much set the way it is. It's not really much needed. I mean, we was only, uh, what, a play away from winning for going to Super Bowl again this year. So, was, I mean, <laughs> an interception take us to the Super Bowl. True. Dropped in his hands. You know what I mean? So, I don't think we really had to get that much better, but there's a few things that need to be ironed out. And I think we did address the corner by bringing in the kid Ward from uh, Kansas City. And Joe, we got Seattle as one of the teams that I look at being a loser in free agency. Obviously, they lost Russell Wilson. They also lost Bobby Wagner. They're right now in flux as far as wide receiver is concerned because I believe one of the two starting receivers is going to be going. They just don't really know who, and it's going to be based on what team is willing to give up the most for them. You have a backfield right now who's led by a guy who's only been healthy for one year. And as far as quarterback is concerned, the best that you have out there right now is Baker Mayfield, if you're lucky. If you're not lucky, you end up having to go with Drew Locke, who I, I, I'm sorry, like the team he just came from had a better group of riot receivers, maybe not as, as much top end, if you will. But when looking at the conglomerate of all the receivers there, including Fent, Sutton and Judy and Hamler and you know all these guys, he, he couldn't get the job done there. So the odds that he's going to be able to get it done in a run first offense ran by 
an almost 80 year old Pete Carroll that will not and under any circumstance change his ways. I just don't see how I, I don't see how that's going to work out for y'all. Like, I, I just don't. I could really see Seattle falling back to beyond the pack. Like, like it's Seattle may be one of those teams that we're looking at a couple of years from now. Like, what the hell happened? And they'll be starting over anyway, because I don't care how you look at it. Pete Carroll can't go but for so much longer. And his way of doing things is antiquated. So the next guy up most likely won't do it that way, which means they'll need a whole nother set of guys. So I I, I just don't know. What, what, you, what you got to say about your team, Joe? Man, I think man, that's, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> but what i will say is this because i i really think um and, and obviously this is going to sound like kind of biased because i'm a fan but we are retooling we're not rebuilding i think that's the misconception because don't get me wrong losing russell is a big proponent of what we were he's the reason why we won a ton of games and i hope because again like you said pk I, I told you several times they need to fire Pete Carroll and get rid of Schneider. With this number nine pick, because they've sent their QB coach this week to a lot of pro days. They've done seen Willis. They've seen Pickett. I'm quite sure they saw Ritter, if I'm not mistaken. You need to get a quarterback at number nine. In the top 75 picks, we got four picks in the top 75. We can easily, in the second round, go get a running back because we have the 40th and the 41st pick. Get a running back. Get a wide receiver. And there's a ton of those. I think the defense is going to definitely be – a little different, a little – Wagner was a big proponent, but like I, I've said it uh, before, I think he's kind of regret, regressed like uh, Keekly. So it's not like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, you know, we losing a big part on defense. But also, too, Adams wasn't uh, good. Andre wasn't that good. I mean, as far as health. And then we had Jordan Books to show up the defensive line. They made a decent effort to address the offensive line. But, again, if we don't get a quarterback with the first pick, if we don't get a, a, one of these offensive tackles that's probably going to drop in the draft, again, Pete, uh, Pete and Schneider need to get fired. That's my personal opinion. It's going to be hard to compete against the Rams, of course, but I, I do see us as, as a 10-win team if. I know it's a big proponent. I'm not good at what ifs, if we can address the quarterback situation the right way. The only thing that I'm seeing with, with Seattle is – even if you address the quarterback position, nine times out of 10, 99 point times out of 100, it's unlikely that that person is going to be as good as or better than Russell is right now. And you guys couldn't get to the playoffs with Russell. So if you're just a little bit worse, that's not a retool. That's a rebuild because you are already in flux. Well, everybody I'm just did. saying. Like, when Russ came in, let's not think he was just perennial Pro Bowl off the bat. We had a similar offense to what he played to last year. Until he showed he was that guy, and he still yeah, but is you had the guy. Legion of Boom. You don't have that anymore. What I'm saying is right, your team is not as good as it's been in the past, and your quarterback will be worse. That's what I'm saying. It, to to me, it's all about system. We've seen what these kids come in and acclimate them to, and it's a big it's a big ask. What are, what we seen already versus what we haven't seen? But from the tellings of some of these quarterbacks. I'm only expecting a, a nine, eight, nine win team. I'm not expecting. I don't see it anywhere less than that. Possibly playoff. I think they're a sneaky, sneaky team. And I think the misconception is is heavily on Russell. Even Russell, what we do, we went seven and nine. I think this year. With so Russell. you realize that that if you only have eight wins, that that gives you a losing season, right? But it's better than the four wins. I mean, four just four wins. But no, that, that's my point. You're rebuilding. You were rebuilding with Russell. I feel, I feel like the rebuild comes because now we got the money and the assets. I think that's the well, that's the good true. part of it. Like I said, yeah, that, I, yeah. I, I, Russell's a big loss. 
loss, bro. I, like, like I said, that's part of being trying to be not trying to be biased. Is that's a huge loss. But at the same time, like it all depends on how we can pull it together. I, we've seen teams pull it around much quicker. But again, we dealing with Pete and Schneider, and I don't want to throw their names under the bus. Frustrate me, y'all seen it. <laughs> you need Pete to be the guy that drafted those that that leads you to boom. You need him yeah, to do with the, right. these picks what he did with those, but he that's hasn't right. been that guy for some years. Hopefully, he can bring back whatever little magic potion he used then to kind of get back in the zone. But what a guy, because we need so it, it, it's only fair. As I bring up the 49ers and I bring up Seattle, that I also bring up the Patriots because although they brought back a couple of key cogs as far as defense is concerned, they brought back my man from the defensive line. He ended up being our best best defender last year, had more tackles than anybody. We end up getting rid of J.C. Jackson, which I don't understand why we didn't trade him. I don't care if we ended up doing the same thing as you know the Cowboys and only end up getting a fifth-round pick for a player that we know is much valuable than that. But just to let him go, I don't understand that. There have been several wide receivers available. We've gotten none. So I'm assuming at this point that we're looking to get our number one wide receiver in the draft. The thing with that is you have a number one wide receiver or a guy that you hope ends up being a number one as a rookie. So that means you got another year or two before that guy really comes to fruition unless you happen to get a – AJ Brown or a Jefferson or, you know, one of those guys that ends up just being able to far exceed expectations in year one. But most receivers don't end up doing that. You know, you normally see a year two, year three is the biggest progression. So I was really hoping that we would minimally get a at least go for an Allen Robinson type uh, OBJ still out there. Just somebody who's established, who is a catcher of the ball that if you get it anywhere in their vicinity, they're going to be able to go up and do what's necessary to get that ball. I was even hoping that maybe, you know, with Miami grabbing Hill, that maybe we try to go after Parker if Miami would be willing to trade with us. That is, we, we, we need a guy with some size. We need a guy with some speed and can go up and pinpoint the ball, whether he has a step on the corner or whether or not the corner is right in his grill. But I kind of feel like the guys that are left, Bill Belichick is going to do what he always does, and he's going to go bargain shopping, and we're going to end up with like an A.J. Green or somebody like that on the team that's, yeah, you you may you may have something left, but it's, it's nothing to build on. So right, right. I, I really need Bill to kind of get it together. And then look at his track record in the draft. Why would you not go and get a free agent, even give up the pick that you were going to use on a wide receiver? And I say that because your track record on drafting receivers is not good at all, mm-hmm. like at all. This was the guy that left DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown on the board and drafted Nikhil Harry. It's not like we haven't attempted to get receivers in the past, but Bill don't know what the hell he's doing as it pertains to drafting wide receivers. And that's just what history shows with the Patriots. He He's not the only guy that we've drafted at that position that ended up stalling out. I got a thing with Bill. To be honest with you, Bill is a genius, right? We all know this. Defensive genius, absolutely. I think he's a genius, period. But this is my thing. I don't think it's, he has a problem with drafting wide receivers. I honestly think Bill don't like them because he thinks the good <laughs> ones, think about it. He thinks the good ones are divas because think about it. it. Sometimes it's clear who's the best wide receiver available. It's clear as day, but he'll go with the guy from West Minnesota State. Right. You know what I'm Maryland. saying? When, when you got a stud from Ohio State, everybody know he's the man left. 
but you want the guy from West Minnesota Community College. It's almost like he want to be. He wanted to prove at every turn that he's the smartest guy in the room. Like I'm gonna get the guy that you guys thought but I, was but, a third. But, round but let's think about it, Zay. I think it's deeper than that. We know the we know the culture of the New England Patriots. Right. Diva wide receivers do not fit that culture. I agree. He said we don't bring him in. But but don't use your first round pick on a guy just because he's not a diva. But I you mean, need like, but but you need those to address, guys are the third, fourth, fifth. I mean, like you, But you need to address the position at the same I time. Agree. It's like I need it, but I don't want this guy because they, these guys are not divas when they get to the NFL. These guys have been divas their whole lives. Let's get it. Let's get it to it. Let's get it straight. In high school, they was divas because they didn't have to go to class. I played football. You didn't have to go to class. Everybody kiss your ass. The boosters uh, gave you money. All the you had you probably one of the most popular guys in the school. So you had all the women. It don't change with the college. It gets bigger. You still got all yeah. the women. The boosters still give you money. Everybody you still don't go to class. You still kiss your ass. So now those are the guys he don't want on his team because it's hard to get them to get in line with this Patriot culture. Because those are the guys when the when the media after the game want to put the mic in your face are going to say something versus the guys that's going to hold the the Patriot weight down. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. I feel like with the offense, though, is like like you said, I just think it's it's always been a problem with solely the wide receiver position because we can't say Reggie Wayne ain't smart, that he can't learn to pay book. We can't say Muhammad Sanu ain't smart and he can't learn to play. But it just seemed like when it comes to these teams, like all these players, because those two people to me are not divas. They go there and I don't know if it's the verbiage, it's the concept, what they want people to learn. But that's a tough Offense to learn for whatever reason. Don't forget Ocho Cinco. position. Oh, yeah. Chad is a clear diva for that conversation. But, but anybody he, he was he wasn't in New England. He just wasn't good enough. Yeah, but anybody but, that goes as far as like these veteran guys, they have a trouble assimilating to that 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 wide the offense. I think it's, it's a high IQ. It's a high IQ kind of game because I mean Randy Moss is one of the highest IQs in the game. He jumped right in. I think you just yeah have he have did IQ for football. I could tell you one star before we move on. One star wide receiver that was made to play in New England. That's available Mar- or from the no, no, I'm just talking about in the history of the game. Okay, gotcha. Marvin Harrison. Okay. Bill Belichick will love him. <laughs> He's not gonna talk. He gonna come. He gonna come do his job. Go home. Like he not, he he not looking for no media, no attention. He sit on the end of the bench away from everybody. He gonna come do his job and go home. Marvin Harrison will. I bet you Bill Belichick loved this dude. I'm I'm willing to guarantee he loves him. I can see that. It's it's a couple of other guys that I can see on that list as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's it's time to do what we do best. That's flip picks. Get get a free agent that you know that you know can do what you need him to do versus using picks that we end up normally squandering on a guy that we hope ends up being good like if if we can get the guy from alabama that mac jones um jameson williams i believe his name is is that right joe yeah i like him if we can get him and he already has a rapport with mac jones so mac jones is 100 fully aware of what this guy is capable of maybe that's the type of direction that you go because your worst case scenario is even if he isn't as good as he was in college he had he minimally has the rapport with the quarterback that's necessary for them to get off to a fast start 
even if he just ends up being the number two guy, that's fine. Like we, we just need a wide receiver that's going to be sustainable, that has speed, and, and he has definitely has the Jets. So we'll see how that goes. The last team that I have as far as losers in free agency, and this will probably be a quick one, um, Jacksonville Jaguars. I understand that there's a Jags tax and you have to overpay people to come play for you. But some of the people that the Jags are paying that are willing to come play for them, you'd have been better off just getting undrafted free agents and figuring it out from there and giving people a chance that, you know, don't necessarily care where they play. They just want to give it their all because paying Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram and Zay Jones, they've had several different QBs. Christian Kirk, I think, is a serviceable guy. I think now that you put him against the number one corner, I think he's he won't be shut down, but he won't be what you think he is. Zay Jones is a guy. Evan Ingram can't stay healthy. And they're talking about trading LaVisca Chenault, which for my money is probably the best receiver that they have. But he was playing out of position due to being the pretty much the only receiver left last year due to injury. So the Jaguars are not only overpaying, but they're also getting guys that I don't think are going to really fit what is going to bring about the best results for the team. So they're doing a more of the same, I'll say. It's just pitiful, man. I'll be honest with you. This is the reason why Jacksonville don't need a football team. Man. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> London's looking for one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think take that team and let St. Louis buy it. Okay. I mean, because the Rams had a really good fan base in St. Louis. They did. Just come on. like Let, let somebody get there and, and put in an area where somebody... I mean, Jacksonville, even though it's in a beautiful state, good weather, it's a city that it's not that attractive. You know, the city of Jacksonville itself, not really attractive city to live in. Um, this shows right here that they're like the Sacramento Kings of the NFL in a way. You I know can what see mean? that. Yeah, um, I can see that. And it's just sad that you have to spend that much money on mediocre Mediocre. Talent. Yes, mediocre. Just to try to get in. Like, it's, man, I got a headache. Oh, <laughs> and, 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 hold on. We let Miles Jack go. I, I don't know how I forget that. Miles Jack is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Oh, he, oh he, I love that. Him and Bush. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and TJ Watt. Who do you who man look? Right. But and, and, but, and they yeah. also on they also are in the running for Tyron Matthew as well. Now if they can get Tyron Matthew with my boy with my boy, yeah, my boy Fitzpatrick out there. And, and you got them boys up front, it's going to get scary. It don't matter what you got at corner at that point. It's going to be scary. They need to bring back Dick LeBeau if they're going to do that. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to say, like, with the Jacksonville, it seems like they make all the talent in the world. You got to think, not even Ramsey, but dude that went to the Rams. You got Calais Campbell, AJ Boye when he was in his prime. Yeah. Every time, even the middle linebacker, Schober. I think he's a okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. went to Pittsburgh just recently. Like, they have so much, they draft so much good fucking talent, bro. And it's like, you trade them, you let them go. Like, but then you go, like, you got to your point, you got to spend all this money on these marquee free agents. Well, well a, a lot of those, a lot of those guys that get away, it's because there was no amount of money that Jacksonville could offer them to resign because of what Vander was just saying. I just don't want to live here. I, I'll take less money and pay taxes somewhere else before I resign with you. But I think Khan is, you know, he's like a, his money come from soccer and all this other investments like football wasn't. He shouldn't have bought a football team, my personal thing, because he's trying to run it like everything else. But he knows nothing about football. And he's he's getting these older people that think they know something about football to run the organizations like uh, Coughlin and Marone and stuff like that. This one is going to be interesting with uh, 
the new one from the Eagles' former head coach because uh, everything that they've done Doug so Peter, far, Doug I, think Peterson. It, I think it's been a change of the guard from what they tried to do. And I think this one might be a right step for the rebuilding. We just got to see. Like you said, they spent too much money on it. To be honest, man, I think Jacksonville missed their, their calling when it got away from what they was good at. I mean, they was able to take the Patriots to the, the final AFC championship game, took Tom Brady to the to the brink. They should have stayed with that nucleus. Look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run the football, and we're going to play defense, 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 get a quarterback that can control, the, you know, manage, and, and get us there. And they got away from it. After that season, they lost Ramsey. They lost Bouye. They lost Calais Campbell. They lost Ndokwe. They lost, like, these are, Everybody. these are killers. You know what I'm saying? Like, this defense, like, they just all these people left, and then the team went down from there. I think they had an the identity was set. When you know you had Jacksonville, I mean, people had Jacksonville Jaguars defense on their fantasy team, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they was one of those kind of defenses. This team need to get an identity, and I think I understand I, Peterson. He's a cool, he's a good signal caller. That's cool. And trying to find your identity, these ain't the pieces to get it done, my boy. Facts. You got you got Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence there, and you bringing in Kirk and and Zay Jones. What? In the hell is Zay Jones gonna do? What in the hell is Kirk gonna do? I don't care about him getting uh 900 yards and or 800 yards and full five touch. Who gives a damn? What is he gonna do when he's the number one? He gonna get slapped around. This 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 is just not what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I think they got away from the identity, and it's gonna be harder to to get this thing back going. Peterson is, is I like him, but what he's trying to do and with the talent he's gonna have at his disposal, it's not gonna happen. They're gonna get smacked. Who am I wrong? Is Jacksonville an AFC team? Yep. Yeah, they who, in are. The, who in the hell are they going to be? <laughs> they definitely have a chance to win the division, though, because their division is the weakest right now. And get smacked if they ever go to the playoffs. Nah, the, the Colts. And, and the crazy thing about it, they team. might not. They might not even win a division. I mean, because the crazy thing about it, these other divisions are so tough. The AFC West and then the AFC, what, uh, it's the AFC West and what's North? the other one? North, yes. right? Yeah, the one with the Browns in it. These yeah. divisions are so tough. It's going to be two teams getting in, maybe even three. So if they don't win a division, they definitely not going to no playoffs. I, I don't see them taking that division over the Colts. Oh, they have to win. They will have to win a division to smell the playoffs. There's no way around it. They cannot. I don't give a damn if they 10 and 7. If they don't win a division, they're not getting in. It's just playing because these other teams are so tough in the other division. It's going to be two and three teams getting in from other other team, other divisions. So it's just horrible, man. Just just close the state. Just close it down. Sell that team. <laughs> it's, it's trash. I could I could see St. Louis. I can also see London. They, they, they've been clamoring for a team over there. Uh, the, the NFL has its first game this year in Germany. Can't remember what city it's going to be in, but there's a lot of places that want the NFL. Real team. quick, man, before we get out of here on that London thing, it's going to be it's, it's going to be like being in Jacksonville again. Yeah, because but the owner, that's my whole thing. Like, these guys, owner, so. Yeah, these guys do not want to live in no damn London, bro. It's yeah. cool to visit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm here for the weekend, bring my wife, let her do some shopping. You know what I'm saying? Louis Vuitton, all that. Yeah. Enjoy the shopping, baby. We see some uh the big bend. We see the clock. We see a couple of historical things. But that's it. That's where it stops. No one wants to wake up every day living in London, bro. Not no American. It's the same reason why you don't see guys that want to play cross-season basketball. But the difference between London and Jacksonville is every seat will be filled versus half of the seats in the stadium having a Jaguar tarp over them. No, you so, will make some money, but the players are going to be miserable, my boy. They don't. They don't care about that. <laughs> they say, oh, they <laughs> they're going to be miserable. I promise. No, no, no. The players definitely care, and I agree with you. 
I'm just saying if it's a money move for the NFL, you'll get the same taxes as you get if, if you went to if you went to Jacksonville. When I, when you got a whole country essentially behind a team versus a city of Jacksonville, you're going to make more money. Oh, so, money for sure. They're definitely going to make the bread. I just don't think the players would be happy. Think about if you draft. See, what if you drafted to London? You're a 20-year-old out of college. Be yeah. happy Be happy you are where you are. They're going to be sick. It is what it is. Yeah, they're gonna be. It's, it's gonna. It's gonna put. It's gonna show on the field. Though is what I'm saying. I don't think they're gonna get the best team. The players are not gonna be happy with that. I'm not. I agree with you. It, it could be a much better, a much more advantageous situation. But I'm just saying of, of the NFL is eventually going to go across borders, and I can see that being the first place because it's one of the first places established. You also have uh, Mexico City. We've had a couple of games down there too, so it's gonna be somewhere. That there's been games and we see the interest because, like you said, the level of that particular team is probably going to literally be you're getting exactly what you were getting in Jacksonville. But the thing is, if I can get what I'm getting in Jacksonville and make four times the money, then it makes that much more sense to do, as you just said, get rid of Jacksonville and, you know, go elsewhere. I don't know. It'll be interesting, but that'll be for years to come. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe had something else. What you got, Joe? I wanted to plug in a winner that we haven't spoke about. The Bengals won crazy this offseason. Oh, yeah, that O-line, yeah. They went and got Capia, Collins, and Karis. And, I like, you're talking about somebody already having Jonah Williams already and also having a guard already in place. Dave's offensive line looked crazy good. you talking about quickly just building up the running game. Hayden Hurst. Yeah is a phenomenal run blocker. Like if Austin Hooper didn't go to, to Cincinnati, Hayden Hurst is just as good and valuable as a, a, a blocker. So that's what, that's what I wanted to throw out there. Like I'm big now heavily on mixing going into next year. And I really like Burrow now having, they solidified they pocket they, they issues that they had during the Super Bowl and during the last two seasons, just this offseason. So I just wanted to plug them in as a winner real quick. I definitely concur on that one. They needed to keep their quarterback upright and breathing, and they got the pieces to do that. They already have an offense. Their running back is going to be that much better now. Also, Hurst. I like them adding Hurst as well. Yeah. I think Joe Mixon, I'm, I don't know we're trying to wrap this thing up, but <laughs> Zay, don't we talk about, don't people talk about Joe Mixon every year? Like, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. Would you be but, surprised to know that this, he was the top this, five running back this, last year? No, I wouldn't be surprised. But you but you know what I mean. Like, every year before yeah, yeah, yeah. fantasy, I got you. it's always the Joe Mixon talk, Joe Mixon talk, Joe Mixon talk. This year, actually, really may be Joe Mixon for real. Like, if, and if he finished top five, then that's sweet. But it, he's just like a... Matthew Stafford on the on the Detroit Lions. It's like there's always names in front of him when drafted, but yep. like you say, if he finished five, tired. you didn't <laughs> see that. You know what I'm saying? He's not gonna get drafted top five when this fantasy comes out, when this draft happens. Nope, sure won't. You know what I mean? He's not gonna be a top five running back selected. So, but I really think he can finish top five again with all these additions that Joe mentioned. Even a better run blocking tight end. I mean, that says a lot. You they honestly I mean? might have. Like, I, I I don't even know if I can say might at this point. They got the they best might, offense on paper. In my I was opinion. about to say, not even on paper. Like they they literally have the best wide receiver core I've seen put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, their wide receiver. I mean, you, you got Chase, which makes Higgins a number two now, and and Boyd has always been underrated and undervalued in my opinion. Burrow is going to be one of those another one of those Stafford type guys that he's not going to be one of the first quarterbacks picked, but. 
barring injury, I promise you, you won't be unsatisfied with his production. So there's just a lot of, and, and we're going to start talking about those coming up in the uh, next couple of weeks where we're talking about values and things of that nature. We'll start our value shows right after the rookie drafts, having Brojo break down the guys that you're going to be able to go to in your dynasty leagues, the guys that we might not be paying a whole lot of, of attention to. Free agency will have died down quite a bit at that point. So we'll kind of be able to read the tea leaves as to what's left. I was just thinking about this. I just saw that. I don't know if you remember. I put it in dynasty, but I'm going to tell the audience. I don't know if you saw that, but Antonio Brown got caught up with, uh, I guess, Sean Jackson's ex-girlfriend and she owed him money. And this dude put her on blast on social media, bro. <laughs> I don't think nobody's signing him after this. Y'all take a look and, y'all, you know, for those who listening. Oh, man. Movie, you got pictures lying in the bed with her and everything, bro. Can't like, get right. Mean <laughs> shots with the conversations and stuff. Can't get yeah. right. That boy, so man. Uh, I, I don't think Antonio Brown want to play football no more. I really don't. I, I know. I think he's trying to get up his 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 Instagram follows and stuff like that. Now he he'd rather be infamous than be a football player at this point. Yeah, it's bro. a lot less painful. So you know that's why I had to throw that in there just in case somebody go throughout the was, week don't was holding on to him. <laughs> yeah, you holding on to him after this and the screenshots and stuff. Yeah, he does. It's unlikely. And with that being said, uh, we will definitely be back on next Monday to bring you what's going to be necessary to bring home those championships going into next year and a little bit of entertainment as well. We out.